just got done watching Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Ooh. Yeah, um, we were going to do it earlier in the week, but... Just didn't pan out. Just didn't pan out. We got super busy. We were going to do it earlier in the week, then we are going to do it midweek, then we are going to do it at the end of the week. <laughs> Here yeah. we are on Sunday once again. Yeah, on Sunday watching it. Sometimes but, life happens, so... Yeah, it's all good, but... Just got done watching that thing, and now we're going to review it for you. <laughs> so, I don't think we need to introduce ourselves again, do we? I think anyone who's listening probably knows. They well, should know shouldn't by assume now. that. I'm Matt, you're... Holy. And this Holy. is Potty Mouth Podcast. Because we have potty mouths. Occasional F bomb. <laughs> okay. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Interesting film. Mm, was mm. made in 1995. I don't know if it's interesting. Shut up. <laughs> By the way, my fucking mic stand broke. My little <laughs> tripod thing. So, like, right before I hit record, I'm like, all right, let's grab this sucker breaks so now i'm holding it like i'm a comedian on stage <laughs> talking oh. i'm not gonna crack any jokes but that's awesome so maybe i can glue that later and get that figured out but it's the curse of michael myers. the curse of michael myers i think i've been holding on to it too intensely when i've been talking about this stuff possibly snapped it anyway so yeah the curse of michael myers made in 1995 I definitely got a 90s feel from this movie. Like, mm -hmm. And I love 90s, like music, movies, everything. So, like, I don't know. I, I kind of like this one. And this one's kind of unique because I've only seen this movie once before. And, like, basically all the other Halloweens besides the third one, um, Season of the Witch, I've seen multiple times. So... I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast, but I like discovered this movie like four or five years ago. I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a Halloween six, which isn't necessarily a good thing when you aren't when you're as big a fan as I am. And you realize that there wasn't they actually made one in mid 90s besides uh, H2O. And I'm like, oh, OK. So, yeah, this takes place six years after the fifth one. And. This film very much tries to answer all the questions that Five sets up. Agreed. Because at the end of Five, I feel like a lot of people had a lot of questions. Very confusing. And um, six years is a, is a long time to wait to get your questions answered, I'd say. And That's how long they waited? Well, the last film was 89. And this one was 95. So it was six years until... Jeez. You know, after the fifth one. Which is so long. And... 
there's too much in this. There's too much Agreed. trying to answer things. I mean, they did it to themselves by having such a weird twist in, in the fifth one and adding too many elements. I so have more questions now than I did in the fifth film. I agree. To be honest. I agree. So basically the sixth one, like I said, is trying to answer basically what the Mark of Thorn that uh, was introduced in the fifth one. Trying to answer questions surrounded about around that. It was the tattoo that Michael had on his wrist and the dude or the man in black that sh- randomly showed up at the last 30 minutes of the film and the fifth one shot up Haddonfield Police Department in jail and got Michael out of there. So basically the sixth one we just pick up with the men in black and this cult kidnap Jamie and they somehow have control over Michael and she gives birth to a baby and then the rest of it we'll get into the nitty gritty about that but the rest of it's basically just him chasing him down and stuff and all this like cult and curse stuff the curse of Michael Myers so we're gonna we're gonna dig in we're gonna dig in here so the opening of the film was a little different it was pretty quick i'd say the opening yeah. credits like there was no pumpkin or it had anything. like the flash of a bunch of different scenes this movie had a ton of flashes of strobes of, of scenes and like i said it was super nice felt super nice i thought i i thought i was in a t- i got in a time machine this afternoon and <laughs> <laughs> like went back to like the 90s because like wouldn't that be cool yeah that would be really cool and i i enjoyed it like i felt like i don't know the the 90s feel is for me and yeah definitely the music and every single aspect of the film just felt 90s but yeah anyways it's jamie grown up and danielle harris is not playing jamie it's a new actress um she's screaming she's getting rolled down this creepy ass hallway and all these random ass and her arms are like tied above her head no she was getting rolled down the hallway and then she uh they were doing those flashes and stuff. She wasn't tied down then. She was oh. tied down when she was giving birth. Oh. So, yeah, this next scene, they're, like, in this, like, boiler room or something and have her tied up and giving birth and shit. And Fucking weird. It's really weird. Like, coming into it, you'd be like, what the, f- what the that, fuck That's is how I was. On? I actually was, I was so confused. So, they, they take the baby... Which is like a nine her. pound fucking big ass baby. Yeah, she was hurting. The <laughs> 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 big baby. Uh, and they're in their little cult lair, dressed in their little cult uniforms, and <laughs> they're taking blood and like putting the mark of thorn on the baby's like torso, and and I made a note here that the opening monologue is. It sounds like it's coming from Tommy, Tommy Doyle, Paul Rudd. Okay. Paul Rudd's playing Tommy Doyle in this. And I was like, this is a pretty creepy opening uh, open, opening monologue. I don't know. I thought it was kind of a different route, and it kind of worked for me, but I don't know. I kind of liked it. 
but I think this film had a lot of pacing issues because, I mean, not only just this this scene, but throughout the film, especially towards the end, I feel like shit was just like, all right, let's get to the let's get to the finish line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Let's get to the point. So basically, next, this random nurse shows up and has Jamie's baby, gives it to her, and, and Jamie's just like. Jay chilling. She mm-hmm. just got done shitting out this ten pound baby, and she's just like, "There's no aftercare for her. She just <laughs> is she all just curled ch- up." Yeah, she's just laying. On and then the chair. nurse tells her to run, and Jamie just gets up and she runs as if she didn't not just give birth. Is she adrenaline. She's trying to. She heals fast. Get, well, I mean, life or death. You know, gotta go. But the nurse stays back, and this is when we're first introduced to Michael. She hears a noise, and I don't know where this this creaky basement lair is, but there's these spikes on the wall. I don't know why they would ever be on a wall, but there's, like, spikes every, like, 10 to 15 feet on these walls. And it was kind of cool how Michael popped out. He came out of the darkness, which I always liked with his mask because of the the contrast of the color of his mask coming out of the darkness like that. I really like that. Yeah. And I made a note that the opening kill, I really liked. I thought it was good because he picks her up, he sticks her head on the spike. I did not watch that. And it was a callback to the kill in the original one. Yeah. Where he stabs him to that flimsy-ass closet door. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to watch the head getting smashed in. Then he's, like, sitting there, and he's, like, admiring his work. That's how I knew, like, they kind of <laughs> stayed on that scene a little long. And I was like, hey, yep, we get it. Like, I know. I told Matt, I'm like, just tell me when it's over. <laughs> he goes, it's over. And it wasn't over. Well, like, the impaling of the... Yeah, but I the head was over, it. but he was just looking at her. Yeah, that was over. Yeah, and then the chase scene ensues, and Jamie runs outside, and some random ass like dude is. It's pouring out. It's it's a thunderstorm. This dude is it's just always like, raining. Yeah, this dude's always wearing, a storm. wearing a rain poncho or whatever, and he's uh, drinking. Oh, you missed that? No, when she takes his pickup. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand who, like, what he was doing. Yeah, I didn't either. Did I? I thought it was just like, oh, convenience for the film to have have like a vehicle there for her to right. take. Yeah, so <laughs> he's like, "What? What are you doing in my truck?" And he's super drunk. And uh, she's trying to yell at him, but she doesn't roll down the window. And this was actually another like really gruesome kill with Michael popping out of nowhere and grabbing her head and or grabbing his head and snapped it off basically yeah also didn't watch that part yeah he doesn't watch that shit don't watch it and then what do we have now jamie driving off and trying to get away from him and has a baby in the front seat and they're driving 80 down the highway but I thought it was really weird that we went away from that scene to check in on our main characters. 
with Danny and Kara. Kara. I was so confused who they were at first. The mother of Danny. They're completely new to the franchise. Like, I even wrote on here, who's Danny? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know. Because remember, he sees the man in black or something. Yeah, he's like a little boy. And I don't know. I've really, I like this film. I do like it, but I have a problem with a lot of the lines in them. Kind of cheesy. Well, he screams for his mom. She comes in. What's going on? I saw I saw him or something like that. And then she's like, saw who? This some man. And then he tells me things. What did he tell you? And he doesn't answer. And she's like, go to bed. And then, like, it just ends. <laughs> it was, like, so fast. It was just, like, and she just finds this drawing of the Mark of Thorn that she starts looking at. And she, like, just... I, was she, like, getting ready for bed or something? But she was, like, back in her bedroom. She just takes all of her clothes off and... Yeah, she was, like, brushing her hair or some shit in the mirror. And then, and then we got a little little peeping Tom over... Peeping Tommy! It is! Uh, peeping Tommy oh, across... That's maybe where the phrase came Across from. the street. Well, I think it's a little older oh. than 95. <laughs> peeping Tom. But Tommy's using a telescope. Little baby face, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I think it's his first film. Yeah, he's he's gotten better at acting since then. <laughs> I thought he was pretty good. No, he was, but he's definitely done better work than this. But anyways, um, he's like a Michael Myers fanatic, and you find out that he's Tommy Doyle, and he's got all these news, newspaper, 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 paper clippings, and he's listening to the radio show where people are calling in and talking about Michael Myers and it's it's pretty crazy but he's like super into that stuff and he calls and he's talking about how he's going to come home and like you can kind of tell that he's he's a little unhinged upstairs in the brain area yeah like <laughs> yeah he he's nuts I mean, he was traumatized when he was uh, young because he was there that night, the original night when Michael Myers came home, and he's been just fixating on that, I guess. But then we go from this scene till getting introduced to Loomis, who is played by Donald Pleasance, and this is actually his last film because Donald Pleasance actually died during filming um you can definitely tell because he's barely in this movie and when he is they're very short scenes mm-hmm. it seems like yeah i don't know i just he just seems like n- i feel like since i know that he like died during or like you know throughout filming or during whatever um he almost like seems like worn out throughout the movie oh my god like, he absolutely seems like he just like seems like his heart's just not really in it like any other ones. You I mean, know, he's, he's not old like, as fuck now. Right, but he's just like not as excited and not, you know, not like up yeah. and everybody's shit. So, I mean, you can kind of tell. I don't mind this Loomis after the last two that we got. Yeah, it's kind of sad though. It is a little sad. Like, hey, come on, get in her face, start screaming at her. Yeah, <laughs> but he actually in this film was technically retired. Yeah, because they're. 
talking on that radio thing about, hey, where's that Loomis guy, that doctor? Is he dead or something? And he's on a It, type- like, cuts to a scene of him. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> typewriting, and he, like, and he turns, turns around. around. Like, Not dead, just very much retired. <laughs> There's, like, nobody with him. He's, like, just He's talking it. to the fucking radio. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, gets a knock on the door. He had a, okay, did you notice his place? He had a really nice bar set up. Bunch of fucking booze up there. No, I didn't Old notice booze. that. I noticed he didn't have any scars on his face either. Yeah. And do you want to explain that? Yeah, they just, with his old age and everything, he just didn't want to go through the whole entire, like, long makeup process to put on that, like, what did, like, that adhesive yeah. skin for... But he had, like, a full-on beard, so I feel like that was kind of, like, Kind of trying it. to, like, cover it and stuff, but, yeah, I, I think it was, like, a three hour process to put on all the scars for his body so like you could i mean loomis in the other films looked pretty covered up with like his outfits and stuff but this one he definitely was like covered up yeah. everywhere and yeah. he had the i mean i didn't really notice it too much because he had aged a lot so his yeah. wrinkles almost looked like his scars so yeah but then we get introduced to dr win Who's an old colleague of uh, Loomis's? I think he was the head of Smith Grove uh, Sanitarium, and he just pops by, and they start having a drink together. And he's trying to get him out of the re- retirement so that he can come, like, take his place at Smith Grove or something. I'm like, I-, I was like really confused at that because I'm like, Loomis is—he looks older than you. He looks like 15 years older than you, man. Right. Loomis looks 80. You look 65. Like, right. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get it. You want him to be your successor? I didn't even know who freaking Dr. Wynn was, so I'm still confused about that. You have to, like, go all the way back to, like, the first film, I'm pretty sure. Because remember when he's talking, maybe you don't remember, but when he's like, how, did, how does he know how to drive? He must be, somebody must be giving lessons around here. Oh, he was that that's the guy? I think it was that guy. I think oh. he's like the head of Smith Grove. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, after all this is happening, so we're getting introduced to our main characters, right? We go back to Jamie, who decides to park at this um, bus station, goes inside, absolutely dead. Nobody's there. The sign on the <laughs> counter says, back in 20. Back in 20, yeah. <laughs> like a cardboard sign. Yeah, and she tries calling, um, <coughs> excuse me, she tries calling the uh, the police, but with the, the storm, it's like, sorry. Which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Sorry, all our lines are down or something like that. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, okay, how convenient. And then she decides to... I think that radio station was playing throughout the bus stop, so she decides to call the radio, and she's like, help, I'm getting chased by Michael, Michael Myers, and she's like, Dr. Loomis, if you're out there, please help me, and she's listening, or, excuse me, Loomis is listening. Loomis and Tommy. Tommy, yeah, and she hangs up, and she goes down, there's like some bathroom stalls down in the basement, and cleans off her her baby boy and starts gone over him and like playing with him a little bit and stuff and then the lights go out and she 
hides in the bathroom stall. It's a pretty creepy scene, I thought. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, coming down there, and then, like, the only time there's ever any light is when there's a lightning flash. And I was like, that's pretty good. And he's going through all the stalls, and then he finally gets to hers, and she climbed through a window. So she's driving off again in this truck. And she's this time, a van pulls up behind her and, cut like, is chasing her and, like, slams into the back of the truck. She goes off-road near this barn. And this whole time, I'm thinking, and that baby is, like, rattling around in the car. Like, there's no way that the baby is safe, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah. And actually, something that I noticed, because, like, I mean, I've, like I said, I've seen this once before, so I, I knew, like, called the store and shit. But, um... When the van, like, hits the back of her car and makes it go off-road, you can see that the van says Smith Grove on it. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I caught that. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Makes sense, right? But, um, yeah, I'm like, what? The baby's in there? Like, thing be fucking bouncing off the windows and windshields and shit? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's terrible yeah and uh she runs into the barn and michael's in there and he grabs her and he throws her on these like what the fuck was that thing it was like there was like these spikes that were like just sticking out and he threw her on top of them and i made the comment to matt that she looked like edward scissorhands she did. She's had a 10-pound baby. What do you expect? Yeah, she was, like, all pale and bloody, and uh, she just looked scary. She needed a blood transfusion. That's what she needed. Too bad she died. But she was losing blood. But, yeah, and then she, like, reaches her hands out for him, and he, like, comes towards her, and all he does is push her, like, further into the spikes. Yeah. I was like, damn. And then he turns the spikes on because she taunts him. She's like, you're never going to get that baby. And I... I wasn't expecting that. I thought they were just like, like non-mechanical spikes, like just sit, sitting there. And he turns them on, and that was a pretty gruesome death. He kills her like that. Also, didn't watch that. Yeah, they got pretty creative with some of the kills and pretty, pretty gory and gruesome with them too. But Mike goes back to the truck to find the baby, and the baby's gone. So leaves the audience to believe that she probably left the baby at the bus stop or bus station. Right? Right. Okay. But I didn't even know that either because remember I said, where's the baby? And you said you have to guess. Oh, yeah. And I, I wasn't even thinking, like, who'd you give the baby to? I thought you maybe gave it to somebody or left it with somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like I said, I've seen it before, but I remember, like, watching the first time. I was like, well, there's only one place the baby could be. It could, it's either, because she didn't come out of the truck with it, so it, like, 100% has to be, like, at that bus stop or right. bus station. So, right. yeah, and then we get to the point where we meet the Strode family. We meet, what was his name, John? I don't remember. The father? Fucking asshole. Yeah. His character, like, literally had no, like, positive or, like, re- like redeeming qualities. Like, None. He literally, like, 
that's probably why I don't I don't know his character name. Like he probably should just be asshole. Like <laughs> like I felt like there was no at no point in this film did he let down his guard to be like likable. Likable at all. Or even neutral. Yeah. Like he's these kids are so okay, I have a problem with this too. So he's John Strode and he's married to Karen or whatever his wife's name is and then they're all they're, they're the Strode family and they moved into the Myers house so then people are like like pulling pranks on them and shit like they like these kids put up like a poster of Michael Myers so he was like chopping it down but like what I don't understand about this is like why would the Strode family move into Myers house like I know he's like head of the realty now but it just seemed odd right also what seemed very odd is like how they explain like the cult of thorn like he has to kill his like his family or whatever and like yeah the baby's his family or whatever but maybe he looked at the strodes as being just an obstacle in his way to getting to what he wants and he had to kill them. It just seemed like wouldn't you make them the Myers instead of the Strodes to make it make more sense since they'd actually be his family? True, yeah. I don't know. Because like Lori wasn't technically an actual Strode because she was adopted. Okay. So she was actually a Myers. What the hell? What? No, I get what you're saying. It's just fucking with my head. Yeah, it's it's it makes you think. Like you, you could turn your fucking brain off and just watch it and be like, oh, okay, the Strodes. Yeah, we got some Strodes <laughs> going in here. Me. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, like some films, you just got to do that. Turn off your brain, have a good fucking time. But he comes in and we meet his wife, Karen. I think. Sure. I don't know. I'm the daughter's name is Kara. I know that. Our lead, her name is Kara. Took me a long time to figure that out. And then we meet their uh, the son, Tim, who is Kara's brother. Um, this whole interaction was weird. Yeah, it was very broken family. And I even I I wrote a note here that's I said these characters suck. Like. Agreed. I don't know. I just. Um, her brother wasn't like terrible. Tim. He didn't know. really have like a lot. I felt like. Like say. His lines were so terrible. Yeah. Like. I don't know. Because they're arguing about Kara moving back in with her family and going to school. She's going to school for like psychology or yeah, some shit. Yeah, and, and like the dad is just like being an asshole and essentially like is yelling at her and like telling her that she's kind of a piece of shit. And then says, and your bastard son. And she stands up and she says, there's only one bastard in this room. And it's <coughs> you. Yeah. And before she leaves, her mom slips her a $20 bill or something. And then well, he, he slapped freaks. her. The dad slapped well, her. Well, after this. Oh. He slaps her after this. Oh. The reason why he like slapped her is because like, she made a comment or something about him. And then she's like, I need, because her mom wanted her to stay for breakfast. And she's like, I need to leave. I need to get to class. And then her mom slipped her a 20. And then he 
pulled out his wallet and he's like, might as well just give her a whole fucking wallet. And he threw his like wallets or a wad of cash at his wife's head, hit her. And then that's when, yeah. And then that's when she was like, she said something to. It was a bastard comment. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, the only. And then what's the brother's name? Tim. He's like, hey, leave her alone. Stop that. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, his lines were fucking terrible. Like, like a brother would not. I get it. This dad was definitely ab- abusive and stuff, and dickhead. maybe he didn't. He was afraid of his power, and he didn't want. To, he was afraid to stand up to him in fear of what would happen to him, right. because he just watched his sister get smacked across the face. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like that would go a little different. But when she got smacked, what happened? Well, Danny stood up for her. He pulled a fucking knife on his grandpa and. Put it to his big old robust ass belly. And Danny's just a little guy. Yeah, and then he, then John is like, get that little creep out of here. That psychopath, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, just, you, you slapped his fucking mother in the face. What did, and nobody else stood up for her. Right. What do you expect him to do? Probably stab me in the stomach too, man. Yeah. But that was a very interesting interaction between that family and i think it definitely showed that it's it's a broken family um but yeah like i said let's refer to my note i said these characters suck because like i said john is just he's a one-track character has a one-track mind there's only one thing about him he's an asshole right exactly and we'll get to more of that like later in the film but then his wife just plays a very s- submissive or yeah just obedient to him and the brother seems like kind of like a goofball i don't know but yeah whatever he wasn't that bad i'll admit like he was okay but his lines were so bad so then we're actually introduced to his girlfriend and i was confused at wait first. his girlfriend tim yeah beth I wrote down Sarah, but then I heard her name again, and it was Beth, and I was like, oh, <laughs> her name is Beth. We're really good at the name game here. They only fucking say their names like twice in the whole entire movie. I know. And you barely see them. So, like, at first I thought it was Kara's friend, and it kind of comes off like that right away, but it's more so just, like, Tim's girlfriend. She's just kind of there to interact with her (laughs) right not really like her friend or anything but um yeah they're off to haddonfield community college so haddonfield has a hospital haddonfield has a children's hospital haddonfield has a college they're popping you would think with all of these recent events Nobody would be putting anything in that town. You know? I guess, yeah. I mean, unless they were already there, but whatever. Can't remember what happens next. Oh, uh, Tommy is listening to the recording from the show, the radio um, from last night, listening to Jamie talking, and he uh, he's able to find out where she was calling from because he heard... Uh, the intercom system from the bus station calling, like, 
the next uh departure or something like that and uh he decides to take a little trip to the bus station but it also shows like a quick clip of tommy's mom like an elderly woman that's not his mom who the fuck is it it's not his mom. It's some old ass chick. Just she is creepy as hell. She's 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 the landlord, I think. Of I the literally put on here. Tommy's mom is weird. It's not his fucking mom. <laughs> Whoever that is. It's not his mom. It's fucked up. Mrs. Mrs. Blankenship is her yeah. name. Yeah, she's weird. Yeah, she's a little different, but. Sorry. Anyways, continue. Yeah. I thought it was his mom. No. <laughs> but. Yeah, Tommy's, like, staring out the window. Like, he just stares out that window. And it's, like, because he lives right across from the Myers house, like, where um, the Strodes are living at. And he just he just keeps his eye on them. But anyways, he makes his way down to the, the bus station. And <laughs> this part I didn't get. Like, he, he goes to the phone booth, discovers a large amount of blood in there. Which apparently was not concerning to anybody else. That's what I'm else. talking about. There's a trail from from the the booth all the way down to the bathroom, like very noticeable. I whatever. So he follows that Blue's Clues style, <laughs> and he gets down into the bathroom, and he hears something. He hears a uh, a baby, a little tiny baby crying. She be he be whining, <laughs> God. and this is another thing where I'm like, so this baby's been there easily for like at least twelve hours, Aww. and it didn't cry one time, laying in this little tiny cupboard. That's sad. That's an obedient baby, and it needed food. Yeah, well, he was gonna take care of that. Aww. So he just takes the baby. And uh, gets the hell out of there and goes to the hospital and goes from 0 to 100 real quick with the nurse. Yeah. He's like, um, I need to see a doctor. She's like, okay, please take a seat. You don't fucking understand. I need to see a fucking doctor. All right. <laughs> and she gets on the phone and just calls security. But then he bumps into Loomis. Just by chance. By chance. And he uh, tells him to meet him. Or actually, no. He's like, Loomis is like, sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't know you. And he goes, I'm Tommy Doyle from, you know, the first night we came home. And Donald Pleasance actually has some really good acting there. Like, acting, like, surprised by yeah. that and whatever. But then basically Tommy's just like, meet me at the pep rally tonight or the Halloween rally tonight and we'll we'll talk or something like okay whatever i guess that's the plan we're going with and then we fast forward to the wife of john's wife being home alone doing karen sure i don't remember doing her wifely duties laundry you name it god and uh what Wife and baby. Well, she's doing her. She's doing her chores. <laughs> um, 
And she starts getting a weird feeling in that house. Right? Right. Something's going on. Right. And she is spooked by Loomis. He's just in her house. By chance. Just by chance, yeah. She's like, who are you? I'm here to warn you. That's who she'd be a, she should be afraid of. Just some random-ass person in her house. But no, they sit down, they have a cup of coffee, and they have a conversation. Oh, nice. And he tries to warn her about the house that they're living in and how Michael will come back to the house because it's sacred to him. Blah dee dee blah dee dee blah. <laughs> Scare Karen. Ooh. You need to get out of this house. You need to get your family out of this house, he was saying. Right. So then she calls her asshole husband. And he's like, what the fuck, Karen? Fucking working. Can't you Karen. see a woman at work here? <laughs> and really, isn't he getting drunk? Yeah, he pulls out some Jack Daniels, starts guggling. Douchebag. Yeah, but she's she's like, you knew that we were in danger, you and you still moved us in this house. You just didn't care. I'm gone. I'm gone. And like this, this could have been a point where like John could have said anything else but the stuff that he said. <laughs> like he could have been like somewhat like, yeah, I knew, I knew. But then again, the lines were so shitty. He's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Calling me at work? Little shit. That won't be done. He didn't care. He didn't care, and now his wife is fucked. Right. So then his wife... What does she do? Oh, she goes upstairs. Okay, and I wrote this. To pack her bags. Yeah, she's packing a bag. She's on her way down the stairs. And, like, right when the scene started... She was coming inside, and she had, like, a tote with the hatchet that John was using to chop down, like, the shit the kids put up in their yard. And she put the, the tote next to their door. I'm sorry, but if you aren't paying, like, super close attention to that, you will not know what she's, like, being weird about. No, I didn't notice that either, and I thought it was the paint. I didn't. Okay, the first time I watched this, I was like, what? What is she so appalled by right now? Like, what is so, what's so scary? Yeah. And, like, this time I knew, obviously, because I, did, I, didn't I catch saw that. that the hatchet wasn't in there. And, uh, she, like, oh, what does she do? She's like, oh, she, she runs, runs out. into the kitchen. Yeah. And she calls. I don't even know who she called. Whoever the fuck she called didn't help her. What? Didn't she just run outside? No, she grabbed the phone to call, and she turned around, and oh, Michael was right there. Oh, because the phone didn't work, because he cut the line. Yeah. That was pretty scary. Yeah, and then he, she saw her. She saw him, and then she she ran out. And she, yeah. Fucking, this was so dumb. She, like... She didn't finish her chores, so she had all her laundry hanging up <laughs> outside on the clothesline, and she was fumbling and 
fell down, lost her glasses, pulled a little uh what's that chick's name from Scooby Doo with the one with the glasses? Velma. Velma. Pulled the Velma like my glasses. <laughs> couldn't find it, tried to reach for him, still couldn't find him. Um starts crawling around and then she pulls down a sheet and there's Michael and he hacks her with the hatchet. Yeah. Now I that was a pretty good kill. Pretty cool kill. But I think they missed an opportunity to have this scene be a lot more intense and scary. Kind of like the Rachel scene in part five where he was stalking her in her home. Oh, yeah. That was, like, pretty scary. At least I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And then, like, same goes with, you know, the first one where he's watching her from a distance and shit. Whatever. So, um... She gone. She did. And then Kara gets done with school. Haddonfield College, community college. Comes home and immediately knows that something is wrong because her mother's a stay-at-home mom. She's supposed to be there because she's supposed to, she watches Danny for her when he gets off school. Cause remember, Danny came... Right. Got off school, he saw the man in black, and then Paul Rudd knocked his pumpkin down on accident, and then they became best friends. Right. And Kara should have known that this, something was not right, and she just didn't care. She just, I felt like that scene went on for, like, way too long. Where they I were agree. Like, she was like, Mom? Yeah. It was, like, for five minutes, like, just saying, Mom? Mom? And she goes upstairs, and she finds <laughs> Paul Rudd. With the baby in his arms, not she call him Paul. Tommy with the babies in his arm, with the baby in his arms, and then Danny's like in this room hanging out together, and she's like, "Um, what are you doing here?" And I don't even know what he said. I don't You're remember. in danger or something like that. Yeah. I don't fucking know. But then she asked him to leave, but then Danny's like, "No, he's like really good with dinosaurs. He knows so much about dinosaurs. He can't leave mom." This poor fucking kid ha- probably has daddy issues, so yeah, you know he's yeah. looking for his his grandpa is definitely not a father figure, and his brother or his uh uncle's just a, a wiener, a goofball, and uh, <laughs> they go over to Tommy's place right across the street, and then he kind of fills her in on all this shit, and it's. I don't know. I'm still with the movie at this point. I still like it. Yeah, it's okay. I like it. But pretty soon here, we're going to get to a point where I'm like, Nope. You fucked up. Yeah. And I feel like I've said that about a lot of these movies. Yeah. Like, you're doing okay. You're starting to lose me. And this is the point where you either just keep me at the same spot that I'm at. Or you do something to surprise me and make me like it even more towards the end. True. But a lot of these films are like poop in my ass. <laughs> okay. Towards the end, if I'm being honest. Okay. So, Tommy. Yes. What's he say to her? What? I feel like I've been talking a lot. I I don't remember all these small things. All these small things, man. This is the story. You say it. I have no idea. You haven't? Did you watch? Yes. 
You better have. I did, for sure. Okay. I'll have Quincy later. So he has to go meet Mr. Loomis at the ra- pep rally thing and tells them to stay in the house and not leave at all. And, uh... What happens after that? that Tom- oh, Tommy finds a new friend, Mrs. Blankenship, starts watching TV with her. Remember? Oh. Yeah, because they were talking about like the cult of thorn and shit. Oh, like, Tommy yeah, was, yeah. Like, filling her in on that stuff. Okay, yeah. Did, no. Were your eyes closed when you were watching this? Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> I just like don't remember a lot of the little things. I just like don't remember half um, the movie. <laughs> 99 minutes of this movie. It was so confusing. I actually don't. I just. Do you have, any, do you have any questions so I far? I can't keep it straight. I have some questions for later. Not right now at this no. point? Okay. I, I had a feeling you probably had more questions towards the end than yeah. in the beginning. Because like I just said, it ain't too bad in the beginning, right? Right. Okay. So. <laughs> you guys can tell how fucking riveting this movie was. I just feel like there's a lull period. The whole f- fucking movie. Hey, watch it. <laughs> it was. Anyway, so Tommy leaves and tells them not to leave their house or his house or whatever, no matter what. And Loomis finds out that from the autopsy that there was placent- placenta juice. Is that what they called it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. They did not call they it. They had that. a little little tube of a pinkish. It was like a looked, vial. Kind of looked good. That is the creepiest thing I've ever heard anybody say ever. It looked like pink lemonade. Yuck. You are <laughs> fucked up. That is so nasty. Okay, I'm, I, w- I didn't say I would drink it. Let's pretend that shit just did not come out of his <laughs> mouth. And we're moving on. Okay, if you were to put two glasses in front of me okay of, we're, of, no, of the same thing and said one of them is placenta juice and juice, one of them he says. and one of them's pink lemonade i Matthew. would have no idea Ew. that is so gross well what is it called uh, let's move on i'm not what's it called Plas- placenta juice or what would what they call it i don't know fluid I, they don't oh. call it juice placenta fluid I don't know. They said something about like there's traces of placenta present. They say no. here's placenta juice. Well, for all the li- the terrible lines in this film, it wouldn't surprise me if they said mm, found this weird juice. God. Yeah, one of our oh. doc one of our doctors thought it was lemonade. Took a drink. <laughs> Ew, that's rotten. Yeah. That's rotten. Fine, jeez. I guess I'll move on. Please. Okay, so we're moving on. So the placenta juice had nothing to do with the rest of the film, just the fact that she had a baby, I guess. So they're at this pep rally thing, and Beth and Tim are like, there's like this radio dude that's this disc jockey. That's Barry, his name is. Yeah. Super eccentric and crazy and whatever. Also kind of an asshole. Definitely an asshole. And they're like, trying to use his like radio station as like a mass communication tool to like 
bring Halloween back from the dead, right. basically. Yeah. And it does not go as planned. She like they like go up there, bar- or Tim's quiet the entire time while Beth is talking about it, and these lines were so terrible that it just felt like he was having Barry was having a completely different conversation with a completely different person, but he was in between these two people talking about bringing Halloween back from the dead. Because remember, she's like talking about, it and then she goes, "She's like, man, she get this crazy in the sack." He's like, what do you say you and I go uh, go back to your place and find out? And Tim literally just sits there with like a, a weird look on his face. He's like, like mm, I, I fucking would be too. I wouldn't I don't even know if I could get angry. I'd just be like, what huh? I'd be confused. Yeah. I'd be like, what I, Who I'm, says that? I'm just confused right now. Yuck. And she like doesn't even address it. She just goes like, um, anyways, and then brings up that they're living in the Myers home. Obviously, Tim doesn't know because he's like, uh. What? I live in the Myers house? And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very strong wood. Great house. (laughs) Goes on to say that. Because he doesn't know what the fuck to say. Right. And he's like, all right, we'll be back in 10 minutes live from the Myers house. And uh, they're supposed to meet this disc jockey, Barry, back at the Myers house. But he's on the phone with somebody, and he's just ripping into him. Yeah. And... Something about like being a Haddonfield, he didn't like it at all, or something. And he gets in the car, calls Michael Myers a pussy, and gets killed by him. <laughs> yeah, because guess who's in the car? Or the, yeah, the van. Like Michael comes up behind him, right? Stabs him and shit. And uh, then that's when this is when I had my notes about like Tim and Beth and like the bad like lines. I just <sighs> actually wait before Tim and Beth come home. Uh, John gets home and he's drunk. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that because that's the next scene. It's not when Tim and them come home. He comes home. He's drunk, fucked up, and he's yelling for his wife. And there's no supper or anything. And then at the end of him looking for her, he goes, "Wow, she actually left." Like he was like very surprised that she did because she must be just a pushover. Oh, generally. easily, I'm sure. Yeah, that's what she came off as, and power goes out and he's like oh the boogeyman i gotta go get the boogeyman i'm so scared right now i'm like all right pal you're gonna get it i just hate him so he goes downstairs and the washer is running and he opens it and there's blood and shit in there and then michael shows up behind him and stabs him in the stomach and like lifts him up or something yeah and i like wrote down like that's a large man to just fucking carry by a knife well Michael's a very strong boy. Super hit. He's very strong, okay? Okay. And he, like, stabs him into the electrical box. Yeah, and then it's, like, shocking. Oh, my God. So, like, I wrote down for John. I'm like, John got a very deserving death in this. It was a very creative kill. It could have gone without the head explosion at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if that would actually happen, but ew. I was like, it would have been fine if he would just been like electrocuted to death, because his like right. face was melting. It looked like yeah, gross. Head just exploded, but whatever. Very deserving death. Um, so now we can move on to Beth and Tim coming home. Right. 
And all of a sudden, Beth's like a Michael Myers expert. Like, she shouldn't be dating Tim. She should be dating Tommy for how much she knows about him. Right. In the house or whatever. Because Tim's like, wait. No, what was it? She starts talking about, do you think Barry's going to show? I don't know. I hope not. Then she starts talking about, like, how he was an asshole. And, like, this is, like, the problem with, like, I feel like the transitions between conversations, like, topic of conversation was so bad because then he just goes, is this really the Myers house? Were you serious back then? When, like, they were talking about something completely different. I was like. Then he's like, how did it happen? And she, like, starts explaining it and takes him upstairs. Takes him, yeah, takes him upstairs. And I kind of like the shot of this, though, because she takes him upstairs and then it, like, zooms zooms out a little bit. I don't know if it showed Michael or not, but it showed the same, like, um, shot as the original. Right. Yeah. And I was like, that's yeah, kind of cool. That's kind of a cool little thing. Like, in this film, there's, like, little ounces of okayness. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the lines are terrible, too, because when they got up there, she's explaining it, and she's like, he came in here with a butcher knife or whatever, and, you know stabbed his sister and she's like showing it like with her arm or whatever he's like all right beth cut it out cut it out and then on that note they had sex yep they got horny i mean might as well might as well you know when he said that though when he said like cut it out beth i wrote down sarah for some reason (laughs) it wasn't until later when i was like oh her name is beth not sarah (laughs) whoops yeah so then they they get full fro up in that bedroom and then all of a sudden tim is like i'm gonna go shower she's like why he's like well you gotta stay fresh yeah and they had candles lit everywhere yeah, so fucking dumb yeah i know because the power was out they didn't have any oh, power yeah, that's right that's right also because it was supposed to be like romantic for them right and uh tim's taking a shower enjoying it getting getting conditioner in that long hair of his and uh, this this part, again, is, like, bad lines. He turns off the water, and he, he, he didn't check if there was, like, a towel in there or anything. And he's like, uh, come on, babe. Bring me a towel. Where it's, are you when I need you? He's like, it's freezing in here. I'm like. There's still steam. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's literally steam everywhere. I'm like, how is it? You just turned off the water. How is it? You're not cold. Yeah. You haven't moved the curtain. The only time you get cold is when you like step out of there. And somebody hands him a towel. But it ain't Beth. And it ain't his mother. It's Michael Myers. You see his little uh tattoo on his hand or whatever, or wrist. Hand it to him. So he brushes his face off and shit, and then he walks out wants to look in the mirror and he starts wiping away at it and that is some thick ass steam because he was like scrubbing that mirror to get to look at himself right (laughs) i was like damn what is that and then michael's right behind him grabs him and slices his neck open darn old tim dang it tim you didn't grab it and then kara is straight up creeping on her own house and sees Beth sitting there and she ends up calling her 
Because Kara's in the Myers house or in the um, Tommy's Tommy's house, like looking at the Myers thing. house, and yeah, she's like, "Oh my God, he's right behind you!" Because he like and pops up behind her. Beth dies. Beth gets like stabbed in the back like seven times or something. Yeah, and then Danny decides to like go over there because he's being like hypnotized or some shit, and he walks over there. So Kara chases after him and. uh she like she keeps her cool because she goes upstairs because Michael puts Tim and Beth in the same bed and he had the blanket over him and then he like pulls it off she pulls it off of him and she like she easily could like I feel like all these other like s- scream queens are like ah, like they scream but she like knew to like keep her mouth shut and like cover her mouth and I was right. like ah, okay yeah there's some okayness there she's a little smart yeah, and then she finds Danny just, like, staring at a wall blankly or some shit and shakes him out of his little trance. And then Michael shows up, and they get in a little chase in the old Myers house. And uh, I was very surprised because her mom falls out of the attic, her body, when she's running in that hallway, you know? I thought she, she like, would have gotten her, like, head cut off. No, it was her dad's body. No. It was her mom's. Oh, I thought it was her dad's. Oh yeah, cuz his head exploded. Yeah. Oh shit. I was wrong. Yeah. It was it was her mom because she was laying there and then she like ran past her and like she still had her head and everything. And then he pulled the the hatchet out of her. Yeah. I was like, "Oh. Okay." And I thought I thought he chopped her head off or something. Apparently guess, not. Guess not. But I actually was very surprised because it looks like she ran down the stairs. And then he's going down the stairs, and then she, like, pushes him down the stairs out of, like, this dark shadow. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Did you? No. You didn't see that coming? No. Were you cheering for her? I was rooting. Rooting for her. Rooting for her. And then uh, Michael gets knocked out, and he's taking a little nappy nap. And then she's about to leave. Kara's about to leave. And then Danny's, like, standing next to his body. Little shit. Damn kid. Fucking Danny. Fucking Danny. And then she goes and grabs him. Obviously, Michael wakes up, grabs, grabs her, her ankle. ankle. You hear kind of crunch, a crunch Ew, noise. That is like my, uh, my worst. Ugh, yuck. But she was okay. Yeah, she was. Don't she worry was about her. Yeah, and then they run back over to Tommy's place. And Tommy and Loomis are back now because... Um, there's a scene that we skipped over, but it was so fucking cringy for that little girl's like, Mommy, it's raining. It's raining red. It's raining red. It's a fucking dead body hanging in the tree. Yeah, and then, then she's like, it's warm. I'm like, ew. Uh, okay. We could have went without. Yeah. And then this is like the point where shit got crazy. Because they get back to the house, and who's there? Dr. Wynn. And Dr. Wynn is the man in black. So he is behind all this shit. And I did not know that. Yeah, so he's behind all this shit. And he, like, has Danny sitting in his lap or whatever. And then he uh, has all these henchmen from the cult pop out. Did you see the fucking costumes that they were wearing? Yeah. 
They looked ridiculous. Like yeah, they did. Had these like I don't even what were they like skull cap things on and they're like dressed in red and black yeah, and red and black. They looked hilarious. Like I I wanted to laugh when I saw them. And he wins even just like uh capture them but take it easy on the girl or whatever. I'm like, what? Why? And then she runs upstairs, finds Blank and sh- or Mrs. Blankenship. She's holding the baby, pulls a knife. That's why I thought it was Tommy's mom, and I was like, why is she on the other guy's side? Oh, man, that'd be confusing. Right. Nope. She's just, she's Michael Myers' old babysitter. Oh. She explained that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she went into pretty oh deep detail about that. Man. Brain <laughs> part, apparently. Mm. <laughs> for the whole movie uh, sorry I had the longest part <laughs> in my brain for like 99 minutes whoopsie whoops let that one slip out <laughs> Um. so yeah then Kara's like fuck it I'm gonna dive through this window dives through this window on the second floor and plops on the ground she easily be, <laughs> she'd be dead what <laughs> plop yeah. you heard it you're just like <laughs> Like, dude, she fell with glass in front of her from two stories onto up. Her, onto her stomach. Onto her face. Yeah. Easily dead. Right. If not dead, like, severely... Injured. Fucked up. Yeah. And then, this was the most confusing part for me. We just cut to Loomis and Tommy outside in the front yard, and they're like... Where her body should be. Yeah, and then he's like, I feel like I've been drugged. And then Tommy's like, we were drugged. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, we finally get to the point where you're supposed to explain the man in black, the cult of thorns, and the henchmen and all this crazy shit that's been happening for the last movie and this movie. And there's no explaining. It's just, that's who the man in black is. Here's some ridiculous henchmen. Here's crazy ass Mrs. Blankenship. Right. And we're done. So I'm just like, were you confused at that part too? Yeah. I I, I still am. I yeah, still am. Because, okay, that's the point that, that, that I brought up before where I'm like, the pacing of this film at times was just like, boom, boom. Like when I, not to, I hate to go back to the whole placenta juice thing, but that was like a 10 second scene. And I, f- I just feel like every scene that Loomis was in was like 10 seconds. Like, yeah. oh, shit, we almost forgot about Loomis in this story. Here, let's have him discover placenta juice and then get back to what we were talking right. about. Yeah, I could see that. So I was just, I'm like, like I said, like, I, I overall, I like this film. But then, like, towards the end, I mean, the beginning had pacing issues, too. But, like, definitely towards the end, especially with, like, lines as well, and like, transitions. Like They just crammed it. It just... It was so rushed, and the pace was just off. Yeah. So, Loomis, obviously, now knowing that it's Wynn as the head of the Cult of Thorn or whatever, knows where he needs to go next. So, he ends up going to uh, Smith Grove, and apparently that's the headquarters for this this cult. So, they get to um, Smith Grove, and uh, they... So they're in Smith Grove, and I just feel like the hallways 
and just the layout of this hospital or the sanitarium is so odd. It is, yeah. Like, when we first get there, we're in these super wide, white-tiled hallways where I'm like, what would that even be used for? It's like, it looks underground. Yeah. Like, what, like... I don't, I don't get it. Like it looked creepy. It looked kind of, it looked very nineties. I'll say. Yeah. But, yeah. Basically, Loomis is like, Tommy, you stay here. Don't go anywhere. I know. Where I got to go to Wynn's office and take care of this. And he grabs a gun. Yeah, yeah. He has a gun or whatever, and Loomis is just he's has a cane. He's just he's struggling to get yeah. there. He finally gets there, and then Wynn is. Again, giving him like a a job offer. So before he gave him a job offer to come back to Smith Grove to like take over for his head of th- this whole entire uh, sanitarium, and now he's like, I want you to join me and take over the Thorn of Cult or the Cult of Thorn, and basically just do this because he's getting tired of it. And it's like again, dude. Loomis is like, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> you're younger than him. You're, you know. Right. So you're more youthful, at least. And basically he says, I'm not doing that. And then some henchman comes up behind him and, like, hits him in the head with a fucking fog or some shit. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. But he goes, wins like, there. Gives him some time to think about it. <laughs> okay. Creep. But then again, like this film, we get ten seconds of Loomis at a time on the yeah. screen and he I feel like that was just an excuse to get rid of him for a large majority of the ending of the film until we come back. So I don't I don't you know I'm glad we got Loomis again. And obviously I know that uh Donald Ple- Pleasance like ended up passing away during the middle of filming and everything and you can only do what you can do they did a great job with what they had agreed and everything but as far as like the final portrayal of his of his character i wanted so much more and a little bit of a uh, a bigger exit for him right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like we'll get to that point but i just want to make that comment now because Yeah. yeah i just feel like I don't know, sad, almost yeah. kind of sad at the yeah. end, at the end of it. Like, obviously, I'm sad because I like Donald Pleasance and he's gone. I mean, it's a long I time ago. I've shit on him the last how many episodes. We like him. Yeah, I, I know that. But then, like, like I said, like, his character is so tuned down now where it, o- like, it, it almost reminds me of the Loomis from the first film. Right. And p- kind of the second because second half of the second he kind he kind of goes a little bonkers in the second one too yeah but you could probably understand why yeah definitely the first two fuck loomis is the best the fourth one yeah the fifth one fucking i can't t- stand it but then how loomis is portrayed in this one knowing that it's his last portrayal of loomis or you know what i mean yeah i'm just like i don't know but anyways let's move on so tommy does not stay put and he's, of course. Yeah. He. Oh my gosh. Do you remember this when he he goes to the maximum security, um, side of the sanitarium and he mm-hmm. opens up the door and he goes, "So much for the maximum security." He's like, maximum he literally security? gets right through the door, right through the door, and then he opens like a gate, the um jail cell door or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, this is not maximum security. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then it was creepy as fuck. This like. 
me- almost looked like a messed out lady. Like that probably was like the creepiest part of the whole entire movie. Yeah, she like came out of nowhere and she had like a stab in her like stomach or whatever. She ends up dying, but she's like, "He's back, he's back" or whatever. And then Tommy hears Kara because Kara's locked up in one of the rooms, one of the maximum security rooms, and he can't get it open because it's secured to the max by like a deadbolt <laughs> or some shit no it's literally just the doorknob yeah like i'm just thinking like okay maximum security i feel like every single like door would be con- controlled by a switchboard right and all be like electronic right. or mechanical no you have like these little doorknobs and he Wooden grabs a, yeah he grabs a fucking uh fire extinguisher and he's like banging it on the, on the doorknob to try to break it off Michael comes out of the shadows, and Paul Rudd has a really his or Tommy. Fuck, I keep saying Paul Rudd. Tommy has a really weird reaction to that. He just he, stares at him. He stares at him. He's like, <laughs> he's like laughing almost. Yeah, it was weird. But then, like, he finally breaks off the doorknob and gets Kara out of there, and they start running away. And like I said, so much for maximum security. Right. <laughs> So they're running and they get away from Michael and they come across a like surgical room and they're hiding in the room that's next to it. And then you see like Dr. Wynn, all these like people were dressed up in like scrubs and stuff and going into the surgical room and one person was still wearing the like cult of Thorn like costume, like the henchman or whatever. And he's like, Hey, we can take these things off now. It's not Halloween anymore. Yeah, and Dr. Wynn says yeah, that. Yeah, and then like they go in there and it almost looks like they're all from Smith Grove. Like they're all like oh. psychiatrists of Smith Grove or like something like yeah. that, or like doctors of Smith Grove and right. whatever. Because it almost seems like they're all just like work colleagues there. But they start I don't even know what they were doing in there but the baby was in this separate room and then danny was just like staring at an x-ray x-ray of something right it was weird and michael walks by doesn't catch them and then he ends up going into the surgery room and just with this like machete of some shit yeah turns into full jason Voorhees mode and starts slicing and dicing everybody in there for like no good reason so my question is like shits and giggles. Yeah, but here's the problem that I have with it. Think about this. This is the cult of Thorn. They have some type of control over him, right? Because he's he was allegedly yeah yeah right. They control him somewhat. So how was he able to just make his own decision to kill them? Maybe because they took off his costume. No, I have no idea. I yeah, I've I don't know. I just thought it was like kind of random like well, why would he kill all those people right but excuse me um tommy and kara end up getting danny and the baby out of there and they start running away but then holly you'll like this one when the when that uh ran random uh surgery dude or doctor came running out behind them he's like oh yeah i know and he's like yeah and they're like and then this is my question too like then they get to this, like, boiler hallway. Like, how the fuck do they get in there? It's in every movie. Yeah. And they're running, and they finally get to this, like, this door. 
that they just shut and they lock this poor dude out. He's like, please help me. Yeah, and then Michael just like smushes his face against it and breaks the door down that way. Also did not watch that. Yeah, he she turned away at that. But she like or they're all running and then he's still running after them or walking after them. That's what he always does. Then they finally get to this like the final room or whatever it is where there's like fetuses and yeah and these little green like a test site or something yeah whatever fucking weird like i said like nothing is explained it's just here we are and they lock michael out but then he finally breaks in and paul rudd tricks him by saying he has a baby and he's like you got what you wanted with some really weird acting again because I just thought it was, like, awkward how he was approaching him. And he, like, starts to giggle yeah, or something? Yeah, that's, like, his thing. He would, like, yeah. giggle or whatever. Like I said, he's a little unhinged. Yeah. And, yeah, so he, I don't know where this came from, but he has these, like, needles with green, I wrote down, green goop inside yeah, of them. that is what it is. And he just injects him with it. So we have no idea what those are, but... It didn't. It kind of made him. No, he didn't even like. Well, at first he kind of he, he shaked his head, drew Tommy away and like ripped him out. Yeah, I guess. But then he started, he choking Kara or whatever, and then Danny yelled at him, and then he starts going after Danny, and then Paul Rudd puts Tommy puts more <laughs> green goop in his back, and then grabs a pipe and just starts beating the living shit out of him. Yeah. So he's beating the living shit out of him. And then this is the part that confused me too. It showed like flashes of him hitting him and his face had green goop coming out of it. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I have my own theories about that. Okay. We'll get to that later. But yeah, he just beats the fuck out of him and then he ends up leaving. And then this is the point where I'm like, it's things are moving too fast because then Loomis... It's like, I can't go with you guys. I have some unfinished business I need to attend to here. And everyone's like, okay. And I, But then, like, any person who had been through that with somebody would be like, the fuck are you talking about? Get get in the fucking car right. with us, you weirdo. Like, you can finish something later. Like, you don't need to stay here. And the movie ends with just, we see Michael's mask laying on the ground with the green goop, and we hear Loomis's screams in the background. And... That's that. The rolling credits it says in memory of Donald Pleasance, which was, ni- which was nice to see. Yeah. But this movie was very flawed. And I know that there is a big group of people that do not like this film, uh, that are Halloween fans, and that may consider this like, <laughs> like the worst one out of the whole entire franchise. Wow. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it is. No, I, I think I it's think de- so. it definitely has its problems because I definitely think that it doesn't age very well because, like I said, it's stuck in the 90s. But just by my own personal preference, like I love 90s. So, like, right. I love getting in that time machine and being in that era. Right. Like, I don't know. I liked it. But at the same time, I completely understand, um, you know, other fans of the of this franchise and, and people that have seen this film if they're going to pick it apart because you know we did while while we were reviewing it and you know 
There's just certain parts that we like, certain parts that we don't. You know, I feel like every moviegoer has that. So, let's get to our final questions here before we come to the final verdict on how many popcorn kernels we're going to give it. Okay. So, I don't know if you guys listened to our last episode. We're starting to incorporate some some questions towards the end of these films so that we can kind of get like more topic of discussion going on and yeah <coughs> excuse me get more of our thoughts on it but our first category that we have is like who is your favorite character who is your favorite character Holly? Tommy. i had tommy as well i wish i could have put down loomis but like i said there wasn't enough screen time for him yeah but i like tommy i think it's because like i've seen paul rudd and all yeah. his like other stuff too so i love paul rudd and Even like, though he was an awkward character, yeah. he was, like, just the best. Like I said, he wasn't – this isn't his best work, but it was, I think it was his first work, but, like, he did. I he love did Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. So that was my favorite Who's your least favorite? Tommy. Kara. I put Kara's dad. Oh, really? I fucking hate that dude. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I Okay, why did you put John or whatever his – Because he's an asshole. Because he's an asshole. Like they, like you said, there's not one likable thing about him. See, I agree with you on that. The one reason why I didn't put him down as my least favorite character is because he was such a minute character to this yeah. film. Yeah, I mean, he was, but he still was. My it least didn't really favorite. matter too much. I put Kara down because she was our lead, right? And she just, she seemed like such a secondary character. She honestly could have not been in it, and we'd have been okay. I know exactly. I feel like. Danny could have been just John and Karen's kid or whatever her yeah. name is. Like, the, he could have just, I don't know, it could have been different because I just felt right. like she didn't really add a lot to it. No, you're right. You're right. She didn't. For, for being a lead, I don't know. That's just yeah. my opinion. All right, the next one. One thing to change. Well, there's a lot, but well, I just thing. put Dr. Wynn. Like, and maybe this goes back to the fifth film, but, like, introducing him or somehow, like, I mean, if I didn't have you to tell me who he was and how he's, like, affiliated. You'd be, like, some fucking random ass I, Yeah, and I would have never put two and two together that Dr. Wayne was the man in black. Like, I, I, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, I don't know. Something with him, I'd change. No, I, I agree. That's a good one. Um, yeah, there's quite a few things that I'd probably change with this film. I, I, as a writer myself, like, I do give the writer of this film, like, props, like, you had a lot of shit to work with yeah. and a lot of explaining to do. So you did the best that you could and you did what you could to, to fit in a 90 minute, in, you know, 90 minute movie. Like you did the best that you can. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for me, I said the one thing I changed is the last 20 minutes. And I know that kind of probably leads into my alternate ending, but the last 20 minutes, like I just, the last 20 minutes probably should have been the last 35, five minutes because i feel like things should have been explained um the pacing should have been a lot different and this film might have been a little bit better if the pacing would have been on a bit more i agree but there is a producer's cut and that's what this you know that that this film has got a cult following from the producer's cut and I have not watched the producer's cut, and I, I contemplated about watching the producer's cut after this one, but I just did a little bit of reading on it, and uh, there is a pretty big difference, like for the ending at least. And oh wow! I mean, not, I don't want to blow anyone's mind. I 
I'm not going to go through it, but um, the producer's cut definitely sounds a lot more interesting than the theatrical version that um, Holly and I watched. So definitely watch the producer's cut if, if you can. I might, you know, someday, but we just started podcasting after watching this one. So maybe one day if I'm super bored, I'll watch that. Or if anything, I don't know if I want to rewatch the entire thing. I might just watch like the ending because yeah. the last 20 minutes has changed or whatever. So I might do that. But let's move on to the next one. Rank the mask. Two out of five. Two out of five. Um, so like second best or worst. like second worst. Yeah. Okay. So you're the one you hated the most was the fourth one, right? Yeah. I put it as, I put the last one as zero. Oh. I don't really remember the mask Whatever. all that well. I put this one as not like the third best. So number one being the original, number two being number two, and then number three being this one, and then four and five, <laughs> basically. Oh, okay. So I like this because this mask actually kind of looks like the originals, except for like the longer hair. Yeah. Kind of crazy hair. Yeah. But they had the Michael Myers from the fourth film come back, George P. Wilbur, and I thought he did a pretty fantastic job in this and looked quite normal when an yeah. actual, you know, mm-hmm. the shape when he's moving around. So yeah, I rank it third. Let's move on to the next one. Um, an alternate, alternate ending. ending. Mine kind of also goes into like the 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 next question that we have too is like how will things continue? Mm-hmm. Just like what happens like to the baby? Like what I don't like. Baby is kind of like the main thing of the show or like you know of the movie. Like everybody's after the baby. Yeah. So I'm confused as to like why they left that unsaid. So like your alternate ending would be like maybe explain that better. Like I don't know, transition that a That's little bit a, better, okay. and then like that, that should almost be like your how will things continue? Because I don't well, want it that to sound like a like yeah, a. It's like sequel. both. It's both. Okay. Like I wrote it down for both because I. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, I put Michael doesn't get green goop in him. <laughs> Ew, yeah. Like I just I felt like there and like I said, there's a producer's cut out there, but I'm strictly just commenting on the theatrical. Um, there could have been a better way to to end this all, and yeah, I don't know. I, I there there's a lot of just unnecessary running around in this sanitarium. I just felt like yeah, I like the idea of bringing things back to where things kind of started or whatever with being back in Smith Grove, but I don't know, just didn't click for me. Like I said, I love the first. 60 minutes of this film did not like the last 30 minutes of it yeah but let's move on to the next one how will things continue and you said you just want things explained right right and i put something very like similar to that like michael tracking down tommy kara and danny and the baby because i'm like you know things have to be explained like but then again, in my head, I'm like, I don't know if I want to give them another shot at trying to explain shit because it might get even more confusing or they might not explain anything. That's true. But, like, for me, I'm thinking, like, I don't think they're one big happy family after this, but I'm just like, 
how do you get rid of those characters? You let four people live at the end. Like, how do you just, like, move right. on to the next thing? I don't yeah, know. right. As much as I wouldn't want Kara. I mean, if they recasted her, I'd be fine with it. But um, that's that's for me. And you said that you just wanted things explained. So, like, yeah. kind of the same as me then. Yeah, along the same concept. Okay. All right. Last Popcorn part. Popcorn kernel. Popcorn kernel. What's yours? 4.5 out of 10. 4.5? It like wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. But I give it credit, and it's the last one with Loomis, so or like Dan, uh, Donald, what's his name? Donald Pleasance. Yes, I give this a four point five as well. Nice. I think this is the first time you and I've had the same one. Yeah, agreed. I can't remember what I gave for the first Halloween. I think I gave it like an eight or something. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of like how high I want to go because I don't want to put this near the top. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I definitely don't want to compare this to like the original. But like I said, there is points of okayness. I would say five is average, and four point five is just below average. So right, that's what like, it was. I I got what they're trying to do. I applaud them for what they were trying to do. But sometimes things don't turn out the way you want them to. Right. And if you can make a movie and keep me entertained for three fourths of it. And be like, this is decent. Then you've kind of done your job. Right. Like, Agreed. I mean, not like to to the extent that you could have done your job, but like you're making money off me. Right. <laughs> you, you kept me in my seat for 60 minutes, so whatever. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. I kind of found this one a little bit refreshing compared to 4 and 5. Like, I know, like I said, like 4 kind of has a special place in my heart because I've seen it. First one I ever watched and whatever, but returning to it didn't didn't tickle me the same. Yeah, <laughs> I could agree with you. Yeah, but it's almost a little I, refreshing. I kind of found this one like a little bit refreshing, even though it has some major flaws. Yeah. But yeah. Um but now we're moving on to the next one, Halloween H two O, where Jamie Lee Curtis makes her triumphant return oh. to the Halloween franchise. I I really like this one. <laughs> so Dang. Um, okay. Yeah. You thought this one was refreshing and a lot of people might not think that, but this next one is is pretty good. I mean I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how how you respond to okay. it. Okay. Can't wait. So go on to that one and uh Y'all tell. Yeah. yeah. But and just a little disclaimer too, if you felt like I was boring or not really adding a lot to the conversation. I do have kind of a head cold, so and it's kinda late right now, so I'm just a little overly tired. I don't have COVID nineteen. I'm just a Hope little not. stuffed up. So if you've noticed that's what's going on. Yeah, she just was afraid to to talk because she didn't want to sneeze into the <laughs> microphone and get all or your sniffle. Yeah, because we don't want to get you guys sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, definitely leave us a review. Let us know what's going on. Because like I said, the last time I looked, we had a review saying something about our sound quality. We want to make sure that's top notch because we want you guys to be able to hear us. So those are definitely helpful. So if there's anything else, please let us know. And we'll try to fix that. But we think we have everything figured out because we changed recording systems. And 
like I said, we don't know what the episode sounds like until we publish it. So we could obviously take it down, but we'd like to just have it out there for you guys. So um, definitely let us know what you think. And if you like doing this, this is fun stuff. Um, we're over halfway done now with, with Halloween, but with the new films coming out, like we'll do those, but more than likely, like we'll be done before the new yeah. film. So we'll have, we'll have films in between. Like we're going to have films across a lot of genres that we're going to be covering. So, um, stay tuned. Definitely. We're going to, yeah. we're going to try to do this as much as possible. Uh, things obviously with the circumstances that we're in, um, with the world and kind of things kind of going crazy. Uh, you know, we try to get them out as soon as possible, but sometimes life happens and we don't get to it. We don't get to it, but we will try. Anyways, thanks guys for listening and we will see you next time or talk to you next time. Yeah, we won't see you. <laughs> we won't see but you we'll next talk time. at you. <laughs> we'll talk at you next time. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Have a good one. <laughs>